As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, This Is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is brought to you by Alliance Racewear. Alliance offers custom embroidered fire suits at affordable prices, allowing racers like you and me to be safe and look great at the same time. In addition, this podcast is brought to you free, courtesy of Racing RVs. We realize that not everyone is in the market for a newer used RV, but if and when that day comes, support the people that support Sportsman Drag Racing. That's Racing RVs. Welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. Introducing your hosts, the multi-time world champion, Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. And the golden voice of drag racing, Big Jed, Jared Pennington. Hello everyone and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's cool hand, Luke Bogacki. Thank you for finding us wherever you find your podcast and allowing us to be a small part of your day. The Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast will be a weekly review of what's happening or what has happened in sportsman racing. Luke and I will be talking about all of the hottest topics, drivers, and events in racing today. Happy New Year, Bogak. Yeah, I, you know, I meant to have my kazoo. Happy Happy New Year. I forgot about that. So Drop the ball. How's things going? Real good, real good. Y'all have a uh, happy uh, New Year celebration? We did. Uh, you know, it was kind of mild celebration here in Colburg. But uh, honestly, I saw the ball drop at midnight Eastern. I'm on Central Time, as you know. So I saw the ball drop for the first time in quite a while. And then I actually stayed up to see them bring it in in New Orleans Central Time. So oh, wow. I actually stayed up until the new year, which is the first time I've done that in quite a while. So Night owl. It was uh, it was awesome celebration here. We uh, we had uh, fried bologna sandwiches and corn chips, and it was really really nice evening. 
<laughs> what about you? How'd you bring in the new year? Yeah, yeah. Went over to uh, sister-in-law's house. Had a little get-together over there. It's a it's a far cry from what my uh, New Year's Eve was probably like ten years ago, but I, I think that that's pretty natural. Uh, had uh, had a couple of sips of wine uh, with some good folks and, and and had a good time. But I'm probably not telling you. I, it, Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if this is podcast worthy. Like, aren't you the guy that told me at one time, like, you've never had a sip of alcohol in your life? I have never tasted any form of alcohol in my life. So, yeah, it's, uh, I've been pretty rough on my body, Lucas. So uh, <laughs> I just chose not to add that to it. So <laughs> That's awesome. That That's uh, that's very rare in this day and age. So and I don't know you. if it's awesome, but it's, uh, it's definitely different. But, you know, wasn't doing it trying to be anything special, just... I don't know. It just wasn't in my path, honestly. Right. Never got the urge. So, so I got through those years where you, you don't cave to the, the peer pressure or whatever, and then the rest is history. I guess I've, I just substituted that for an extra cheeseburger. <laughs> no, you know, I said an extra one, not a cheeseburger. <laughs> Understood. There are. I can definitely. Uh, I can definitely pinpoint times in my life where I've wished that I had made the same decision. So uh, kudos to you, sir. <laughs> well, it's good that you remember those. <laughs> well, <laughs> some of them I've been told about, to be completely honest. But yeah. Well, but, uh, that sound, sound like a good celebration. Good, good family style celebration for y'all up there. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a good time. That's what you do with little ones. So we we had a ball. They had a ball. So that's what it's all about. We played some categories. So categories. Oh, categories. Yeah. 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 So. Nice adult game there. It's good. Yeah. You'd think I'd be really good at that. I got smoked. So. <laughs> well, any game that seems to require some form of intelligence, I would think you're pretty good at. But so far, Gary's wearing you out on the cards and you got smoked as categories. So. Yeah. It seems like every example I bring up on the podcast is not a uh, not a strong <laughs> representation of my uh, intelligence. So. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be. No, no. But uh, at any rate, hey, I did. I, I've been meaning to say this for probably... Uh, what is this episode seven so for the last seven podcasts um as we kind of transition here uh, the music that you guys hear actually the the introduction to the show and all of the musical interludes most of you that are are familiar with pj know that that stuff comes from pj north but we've gotten a handful of questions uh asking man where's that music is that something just for the podcast no that is pj stuff um you can find that on itunes um PJ's on Twitter. It's PJ North. So if you're interested in getting some of that great racing-related music and tunes for yourself, he's the guy, and uh, and that stuff's awesome. And I just want to thank PJ. He, I talked to him at the St. Louis National Event back three months before we started this deal and told him what we were doing and that I'd like for him to be involved, and he just jumped at it. So uh, never got a chance to mention that, but just wanted to give a shout-out to PJ North and, and say thank you, buddy. Yep, absolutely. We appreciate PJ, and um, you know you can find him on Facebook as well. And uh, he's uh, he's our kind of guy. He's a racer, and, and his songs are about racing. He's got many songs, stuff that's not always racing related. So if you're looking for variety and a, a guy that's our kind of people, PJ's your guy. Starting to give you a run for your money on the uh, announcer gig too. Man, he does a really good job. He, he really does. does. I I listen to him, and uh, he, he he breaks it down well and. Uh, does does excellent work yeah one other thing that i wanted to address before we get too far into the podcast um you probably already heard we had uh, a little advertisement from alliance racewear to start this thing we've got some new advertisers coming on as we uh come into 2017 and like i mentioned in the the last show like there was a part of me that wanted to keep 
this podcast mm-hmm. completely advertiser free because typically when I listen to podcasts, like I think the advertising part of it's kind of a whip, like it just seems to interrupt the flow. But like I said in the last episode, what I realized was that it wasn't that I hated the advertising. I hated the advertising that didn't have anything to do with what I was listening to or had was trying to sell me stuff that I wasn't interested in at all. Um, that's where I think we find a, a, a pretty decent niche and, and fill a decent need here because the companies that we've got coming on board, like we're never going to try to sell you anything that we don't believe in ourselves. Uh, like Alliance is a perfect example. You'll hear their ads later. Um, so they, they make custom embroidered fire suits that I wear. Uh, they look great. They keep me safe. Um, and, and every advertiser that you hear is going to be something along those lines. There are companies that we typically have some type of personal relationship with, really believe in. They're products and services that we trust, and we feel like you guys can trust them as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a, it's going to be pretty much 100% of that. You know, when the, when the, some of these advertisers are reaching out, saying they want to be involved, and that just shows their giving nature, and it also you know, proves that they see some value in, in this podcast, uh, reaching the racers and uh, certainly a group of people that I wouldn't say they target, but a group of people that they're interested in doing business with. So, you know, they're not just, uh, they're not just spending money with you. They, they've got an awesome product and um, they can help your racing program in many different ways. So want to make sure you guys look to them when you're, when you're looking for updates on whatever parts uh, race wear, RVs, uh, any, pretty much anything you have to do with racing, these are the people to look to. Yeah, we'll save the payday loans for next week since we did that. <laughs> so, Luke, we'll, we'll roll into news and notes, and um, you, uh, you've you got something that you want to talk about here, and uh, of course I've got a couple of things, but we'll start out with you uh, talking about uh, episode six. Yeah, yeah, episode six, our, our attempt at, at at talking a little bit about street outlaws um i don't know like if an apology is necessary but like i think the episode kind of sucked so <laughs> sorry I, I mean but you never know till you try um what i think that we learned which i really like actually is that i think for the most part you guys like our listeners um care about that stuff about as little as i do uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I like the people like I talked about last week, but for the most part, that's not where our interest lies. Like, our interest is in sportsman drag racing, like bracket racing, the, the NHRA and IHRA uh, sportsman categories, things like that. So, if anything, I think we kind of learned that maybe we need to narrow our focus a little bit. Um, and then on the interview section, like, we got some comments on that. Like, I agree, like, the interview wasn't great. And some of that probably had to do with Bird and Kai. Like, you could tell that they, they were in the middle of a pretty good time that night. But I'm not going to blame all of that on them. Like, I don't know if any of you listeners have ever been in like an interview atmosphere but there's an art to that and jed and i we're not going to claim to have that figured out i mean this is episode (laughs) seven so i would hope as we go we'll get a little bit better um but the 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 i don't know if failure is the right word the lack of intrigue in that show is as much on us as it is anything else but like i say we'll learn from it and try to make a little bit better product going forward yeah those uh you know like you said those guys were out having a good time and um you know it's it was probably that setting was probably as new to them as it could have possibly been and they they might not have been as prepared for it as we would have wanted them to be but they might have been as prepared as we expected them to be so 
Um, and Luke, I, I know you, you probably wouldn't want me saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. If people knew what you really had to work with and what you made out of it, you, you would be getting props right now. So, Yeah, I've not a- ever considered myself an audio editor. But uh, I got a pretty good crash course. Like I'm not going to say I've got a PhD after last week, but I'm a lot more versed in it than I was one week ago. <laughs> you, you did a heck of a job, my friend. Hats off to you. Uh, hey, Luke, um, I wanted to, to mention real quick um, a guy that's uh, a legend in our sport, an icon, if you will, and a guy that, as far as big buck bracket racing goes, you know, I guess really you could say he started it all, uh, George Howard. He's a, he's a guy that lives here in the Birmingham area, and everybody knows who George is. Um, he's having some health challenges right now, and it's uh, it's fairly serious stuff. I say fairly serious. easy for me to say it is serious stuff. And um, <clears throat> he uh, he's needing all the help he can get. So definitely keep George in your thoughts and prayers, folks. And um, I don't think I have to let any of you listeners know what George Howard has meant to our sport and to the things we enjoy today so uh, keep george in your thoughts he's he's got some challenges he needs to overcome and uh, i think he's going to get there but uh, every every little bit helps yeah i actually didn't really know anything about this you had mentioned it off air um last week in the podcast i think that's when you first learned about it and uh, yeah yeah just definitely thinking about george like you said he's uh, basically the the godfather of uh, modern day big dollar bracket racing and not maybe not so much directly maybe more so for you directly than me but certainly indirectly like that man really paved the path for what's become a career for me um so yeah, uh, yeah just I, I can't think of many people that I have more respect for in the sport so i hope he comes through this and uh, is no worse for the wear yep absolutely pulling for you george Uh, next on the list Luke yeah the next thing I wanted to talk about just briefly um, by the time that this podcast airs this uh, should be floating around Facebook pretty good but uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that uh, this is bracket racing is on behalf of this bracket racing and myself I guess we're we're bringing back the off-season practice tree challenge Uh, it was a Facebook group that I put together last off-season in which I basically um, just kind of detail my own personal practice regimen um, for everybody in the group and then challenge all of the group members to basically do it along with me and post your results within the group uh, and the accountability of that and the, the kind of momentum that it built last year was pretty crazy like we had like 700 people in that group yeah um, that thing reached a popularity level that I don't think you were prepared for <laughs> that would be an understatement yeah so uh, hopefully after a year to, to plan a little bit um, I'm a little bit more well prepared and honestly like the the practice tree challenge lasted for for two weeks this year we're actually going to split it up we're going to do a a top bulb segment for two weeks then we'll take a week off to kind of recover we'll do a bottom bulb segment for two weeks um like i say all the details will be on that uh on that facebook page which is the off-season practice tree challenge but um in addition you know we did it for two weeks last off-season but ever since then within um my the R R, not my. Um, this is bracket racing elite membership community. Like part of that community is we 
do we issue challenges like that like on a weekly basis so over the course of the last year um, we've developed a handful of kind of different drills and routines and things like that that I feel have not only really helped me but really helped a lot of our elite members so I'm kind of anxious to roll those out and share them with everybody I will we'll have a good bit of fun with that so if you were not a member last year be sure to check that out it's it's open to everybody it's free off-season practice tree challenge get on there become part of the group we'll actually start the exercises on Monday the 16th for the top bulbers so just wanted to put that out there for everybody yeah it's cool deal look forward to seeing that play out again this year and um, you know I'd imagine the, the popularity will continue to grow it's uh it's good for your racing program as much as it is fun so um, we are the next topic Luke we you know we've turned to the dragraceresults.com message board recently yeah, if ever we shot don't have content like that's just that's the spot <laughs> right <clears throat> yeah we had the shot clock discussion which I, I, I enjoyed myself enjoyed reading it and there's another topic that's pretty hot on there right now and it's talking about promoters competing in their own events and having cars in their own events so you know we want to take a quick minute here and give our thoughts on that and I'll, I'll let you begin with uh, with what you're thinking there oh me first huh well <laughs> I, I look at this personally uh, and I, as I know you do the same way f from two different perspectives okay first off as a racer I came up racing at a track well I mean most of you know it at Texas Raceway in Kennedale and at the time the the track owner's wife raced with us and she was the sweetest woman in the world okay and had absolutely no ill will no conflict of interest and was genuinely liked by i think like 95 percent of the racers there but whenever she had the good fortune of doing good doing well winning a race like it was always an issue like it was always there was always somebody complaining about it and as a racer I have always thought that that is ridiculous. Like, there's no such thing as tower power, right? Um, there's, uh, yeah. they, they're, they're staging up with the same opportunity that we are. Um, I, I don't, there's no advantage, so to speak, of, of, you know, racing somebody that is affiliated with the racetrack, anything like that. So as a competitor, I have zero problem with it. I have zero problem with a track owner or their family right, running in the event. I have zero problem with the, um, race promoter or the race promoter's family assuming that that it doesn't inhibit their ability to put on the the event competing in it like i don't from a racer standpoint i don't feel like that's a conflict of interest it doesn't bother me in the least bit like once we stage up it's on i don't care how you got there who put you in or anything like that right it doesn't matter yep. um with that said from a race promoter standpoint the races that we put on, I think this year will be our seventh um, summer door car shootout and our second um, exclusive 150 race. So what have I put on seven races in my life? Um, in those races, I have never competed. I can't imagine trying. I know how you are with the races that you put on. That's the most stressful event of the year for me. I couldn't imagine trying to compete and run the race. But beyond that, like my race cars have never been entered in my race. My wife has never been entered in a race. And it just won't happen. Not because, like I just said, as a competitor, I don't care. But it's not a good look. Like, sure enough, if if I told you, Jed, come up there and race my Vega, like, you'd win. That would just be my luck. And then I'd be the son of a bitch that puts you in the race in my Vega. And I just don't want to deal with that. And, and I, again, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But for me, it ain't worth it. I just stay out of it and avoid one less controversy. So I don't know if that's right or wrong, but that's always been my take on it both ways. As a racer, I could care less. As a promoter, I will not put 
any of my stuff in there just because I don't want to deal with it. Well, I, I, I know your stance on that. It's the reason I let you go first. And uh, in a words words that you would use, I want to be fully transparent here. And <clears throat> I want to say that obviously I think most of our listeners, if not all, know that I, I co-promote with Steve Stites the the BT World Foot Brake Challenge, which is in its 11th year now, and the BT Southern Foot Brake Challenge, which is in its fifth, and um, a couple of fairly successful foot brake races. And I hated for- your Southern <laughs> Foot Brake Challenge. Hated it. Never going back. <laughs> that might have something to do with the fact that I won like three rounds in three days. But anyway, go ahead. It's a fine race. Well, makes you feel any better. You didn't lose a lot of rounds. Your opponent actually did win those rounds. There's kind of a difference there. They they beat you. You wasn't you wasn't falling out of the car by any means. No, but they did beat me and beat me. <laughs> but for years, you know, we're in our 11th year with the WFC. It's never happened at the SFC for for several years. Beginning, I allowed a friend of mine to race my car in the event. Now. It was the only time of year he raced. He paid his entries. He paid his buybacks. He just wanted to be involved and get to race my car. And, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I love him, but, you know, with no practice, no seat time, I really didn't feel like he could go win the race. But the last several years, I've realized that really doesn't matter. Um, Nothing good can come of it. First and foremost, it's my car. It's a bad look. So I agree with you my car won't compete in any more of our events um and second you know he did beat some people and he beat some customers that traveled a long way spent a lot of money and you just never really know how that opponent feels about that whole situation i know what they tell me man it's no big deal you know it is what it is he made a good run i had to beat him didn't matter what he was in but uh, it, it you know it can have a bad look to it so I get that completely so at this point from from this point on that, that won't happen anymore now competing in my own event that's not even possible <laughs> right that's how I feel you know if if you were competing <clears throat> you you would something would be getting missed there's some details somewhere that's not getting handled properly um, a, a situation has arised that's not getting dealt with properly. Um, it's just not possible to compete in your own event and put on the event that you're promising your customers they're going to get when they pay their money. So uh, that will never happen, never has even been a thought. Uh, plus, I've seen some of the runs those guys make, so really no point in me being out there whatsoever. <clears throat> but if you... They'd make you, know, you look like they made me look, is what you're saying. <laughs> if you... If you think about it, and somebody mentioned it on uh, on the DragRaceResults.com message board that, you know, there's a there's a thought there that a competitor in a quote-unquote house car that's in the race, maybe got put in or whatever, uh, has some more freedoms to maybe be a little more aggressive, that maybe some things they wouldn't have done had they spent the $1,000 or $1,500 to be there. So... I think there's some validity to that, and I think that that could very easily happen if somebody's there, you know, free of charge or whatever. So, yeah, that, I didn't ever think about it like that. You're probably right. There's a little bit different mindset that comes with a free roll. Yeah, trying to trying to win your own money, you know. Hey, go out there, be aggressive, uh, set up tight. Doesn't matter if you go red; it's no big deal. Um, so, bad look, whole bad scene. Uh, don't agree with it. Um, don't. I, I just, 
I don't think it gives them a competitive advantage per se and the tower power thing I don't believe in just like you said but at the same time I just don't think it looks good for the other customers in the race and uh, probably best it, it will always happen from with me from here on out but probably best if they just keep their cars out and definitely don't drive in your own race fair enough All right, before we go into the um all state discussion which this is kind of the much anticipated um we've built this up pretty good this i did not we didn't expect this to go on for a month but it has uh and it's been a lot of fun um but before we go into our, our semis and our final the big final four um let's uh let's take a second to recognize those sponsors that we talked about earlier yeah if you've listened to our podcast before you know you've heard us talk about racing rvs um, they've been a huge supporter of this podcast and of sportsman drag racing in general uh, you know, you've heard us talk about the quality and selection that they offer and how Joe Fisher, the owner, is a racer himself. So, you know, he speaks our language and understands our needs as racers. So if you're in the market or even considering a new or new-to-you coach or trailer, you know, I want to encourage you to visit RacingRVs.com. Check out their current selection. You know, if you need RV, they've got everything from new show hauler units Price near half a million dollars to used units priced well under a hundred grand. You know, how about a stacker trailer? I would love one of those myself. Racing RVs has the latest, greatest, top of the line gold rush. You know, they've also got affordable used stackers priced under thirty-five thousand. Racing RVs can help you make your race car transportation dream a reality. Check them out at RacingRVs.com or call them direct 419-236-1328. Yeah, I teased this earlier, but uh, I do want to take a minute to talk about Alliance Racewear. Now, I have been fortunate to represent um, some great marketing partners within my own racing for several years now. Um, and for those sponsors, and for me, and really for all of us, there's great value in showcasing that brand on me as the driver. The problem is that custom fire suit embroidery has always been cost prohibitive, like it's been really expensive. Or the inexpensive embroideries like wouldn't pass tech because they were largely unsafe, like the stitching is not fire retardant, so there's a certain way you have to go about that. But then I found Alliance Racewear. Problem solved. Okay, Alliance Racewear offers custom embroidered fire suits at affordable prices. A two-layer dash five suit is just 699 bucks. That's with custom embroidery, jacket, and pants. They also offer three-layer suits, dash 15 suits, and more. I use Alliance for my suit, and whether you've got a sponsor to represent or you just want the slickest looking suit at the track, you should do the same. With Alliance, you can stay safe and look great all at the same time. Learn more at AllianceRacewear.com or give them a call at 217-306-6184. All right, Jed, here we go. Uh, without further ado and with much uh, anticipation, our final four in the uh, in the all state debate. You ready for this? Uh, Luke, is there any chance I can call in sick? <laughs> You've been dreading this, it, haven't you? Is it too late? <laughs> man, <laughs> man, I am. I've, I've been getting worn out by people. I mean, calls, text, uh, messages, whatever on Facebook, and I don't know, man. I just I'm feeling like a homer right now because I've I've advanced my Alabama Slammers to the semis, but. 
I'm uh, trying to find a correlation for this because you you nominated your team, and your team to me at least, uh, and I'm not trying to forecast what's going to happen today because we haven't done this yet, and I don't know. But I, for me, you have nominated like the Alabama football of the all-state debate <laughs> so you've got a team that's really hard to bet against um i would say that they uh they they are the preseason number one and come into the final four undefeated um <laughs> but at the same time i understand on your end you this is the team that you nominated this is your home state and you are supposed to objectively um determine whether or not they are supposed to win so i i understand the internal conflict but uh yeah it's tough and and because the other teams are so good too so you know everybody outside of Alabama I'm sure is feeling like you know the, this other team should win you just keep picking Alabama but you're <laughs> not the case I, I didn't pick the guys I like like I said last show I really don't even like these people but they're all really good racers as are the members of every team man this is yeah crazy every tight. team that we have discussed is is elite um without question and for those of you that are like tuning into the sportsman drag racing podcast for the first time um what this is this all state debate is something that we started back um what four episodes ago uh and we <laughs> asked our our listeners to nominate teams from their home state basically the 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 best six drivers in your home state uh in their respective um classes or categories that that we kind of laid out uh and then we took what we thought were the 16 teams that really stood out and basically have uh have just within discussion created a a 16 team um single elimination tournament and we went from 16 that first week down to eight. Uh, that was our, our second episode, which I guess would have been episode five. We did our quarterfinals. It, we thought we might do the whole thing and finish it that day, but it took us like over an hour to discuss the quarterfinals, so we stopped there. <laughs> and uh, last week we decided we needed a break. We did the street outlaw thing. So today we're going to discuss our, our final four. And uh, just to, to quickly bring everybody up to speed or, or serve as a reminder, our final four is Louisiana. New Jersey, your Alabama team, and Ohio uh, in teams that, again, were selected or, uh, or brought to our attention by some of our listeners on our Facebook page, the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, again, this is, this is just, as we've said a couple of times, mine and Luke's opinion. It's, you know, a gut feel. We don't uh, have to apologize to anybody, Jed. We're going to pick the team that we think's better, and they're going to live with well, it. Well, they, they ain't going to agree with it. That's okay. <laughs> there, there seems to be a little bit of confusion, uh, Ty Lynch, that maybe <laughs> this was uh, uh, based on your history or a career accomplishments. This is line them up tomorrow. And if you're coming off a hot year, good for you. Probably gives you a better shot. But line them up tomorrow, neutral field, in your category, get after it. And that's what this is all about, and that's that's how I picked them, and I know you did too, Lee. Yeah, which obviously that format leads to a ton of subjectivity and opinion. Um, but like I mentioned last week, like if anybody, I don't, if anybody is qualified to do this, I think it's probably you more so than me. But it's us. Like we have some perspective. I ain't saying that we're right. Um, but I think that we have decent perspective and are, are as qualified, I guess, as anybody to speak on this. You ain't saying we're right, but we ain't wrong. <laughs> I won't admit to it anyway. All right. First pairing, then, we have New Jersey versus Louisiana. This For the final four, I feel like we should have some big CBS eye on college basketball intro for this. The final four. Um, yeah. The Louisiana we a, team. 
the 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 Bayou Boys, the the Cajun Bandits, whatever. Uh, the team is submitted by our buddy Cody Cody Harger, who has been adamant in defending them over the course yeah, of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's passionate about his team. Yeah, very cool. Um, his uh, his dragster bracket driver Johnny Bracket Racing, Johnny Ezel. Um, door car driver Travis Barnett from the uh, the the northern portion of the state, uh, very accomplished driver in a in a fast car. Bottom bulb driver Travis Lipscomb, 90 racer uh, Steve Collier, stock super stock ace Cooter Hidalgo, that'd be Jimmy Jr. And the utility driver, the guy that uh, that can do it all, that could hop in any car on the team or, or conceivably any car in the state and be competitive uh, for Louisiana, that was Slate Cummings. Yeah, and the New Jersey team was uh, presented by uh, Brian Mullaney. Um, he, he's got a solid team himself. In the dragster, he's got Chicken, uh, Brian Balducci. In uh, door car, he's got, uh, say my name, Steve Sisko. Bottom bulb or foot brake is uh, Bucks, Big Bucks, Bob Mullaney. Uh, the 90 driver is Tom Stalba. The stock super stock racer is Anthony Fetch, and the utility driver, the do it all, is Denny Mack, Denny McCloskey. Yeah, two uh, two very loaded teams that uh, is going to be next to impossible to predict a winner, but that is the burden that we have settled ourselves with. So <laughs> let's let's do our best. Let's start it off with the dragster bracket driver, Johnny Ezel from Louisiana versus Chicken, uh, Brian Balducci from New Jersey. Who you got, Jed? Um, obviously another tough match, but um, I have to I have to go with what I've been saying all along, and that's you know if you're hot right now, it's probably working out in your favor, and not many guys hotter than than uh, Johnny Bracket Racing right now. Ezel uh, dude's turning on a lot of wind lights. Uh, I know Chicken's great, and I love him, great racer, but Ezel gets the nod here for me. Yeah, uh, excluding um, a million-dollar race that has Jeff Verde in the field, um, it's hard <laughs> to say that anybody has been hotter for the last, shoot, I don't know, uh, 18 months, maybe two years than uh, than Ezel. And I, I I feel bad about this because I think Chicken's awesome, and I'm pretty sure I picked him, I picked against him last week. So, like, you'd say, oh, Luke thinks Chicken sucks. Chicken don't suck. But if these two lined up tomorrow... Um, I, I same. I'm with you. I would go with Johnny. So we'll give a point to uh, to Louisiana there. The door car matchup: um, Travis Barnett, Louisiana, versus our man Cisco from uh, from New Jersey. I'll uh, I'll let you go first again, big guy. Well, this is a case where both of the guys are really hot. Um, Barnett has done his share of winning and going late in some big events. Uh, talented guy, fast car, hard to beat got some tricks in the bag but man i just can't pick against cisco i mean dude he don't get out as much but he competes in a very tough area and competitive area and he does it in a little bit of everything for me his versatility gets it and i'm going with cisco yeah i don't think i have anything to add there as much as i think of travis barnett if these two lined up um i agree with you i I would give the nod to cisco as well and that will uh will tie things up we give the point to louisiana for uh johnny ezel we give the point to new jersey for steve cisco so through uh i guess two rounds of this it's it's like kissing your sister we hadn't gotten anywhere (laughs) what uh what about the foot break uh, the bottom bulb guys yeah, the bottom bulb category is uh, got Travis Lipscomb, 
from Louisiana versus Bob Big Bucks Mullaney from New Jersey. So now um, I'll, I'll let you pick that first. Yeah, um, this is this is. I mean, like all of them, this is an, a pretty intense matchup. Um, having raced with him a fair amount and really watched him kind of uh, come come up. Like I knew Travis Lipscomb when he was uh, a local bracket racer that nobody really knew about. Um, and then watched him progress like so quickly into being one of the most elite footbrake racers in the country. Um, and is a guy that I do not ever want to race, which is, you know, from the Southern Footbrake Challenge, if they're swapping feet on the bottom, I probably don't need to race any of them. But <laughs> uh, that's neither here nor there. As much as, as I'm impressed with Lipscomb, um, Mulaney's a legend. And I know that, that past accomplishment doesn't factor into this, but that experience and that versatility and just that ability to hop in any car at any time, race any distance... Um, I, I just have a hard time betting against Bob really at any point. And in this matchup, I would give him the nod. How about you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you on Travis. Um, I met Travis at Montgomery at a $5,000 foot break race. And uh, it was many years ago, seemed kind of out of place. Um, it was like the guy was asking me a lot of questions. We were parked by each other. And, you know, he's asking me a lot of things that you'd think, oh, God, let's travel to this race ought to know. Then all of a sudden, you know, he gets out on the racetrack and I'm like, okay, well, this guy may be just now getting out, but he's just not just now getting on the track. I mean, he's very talented and that, that talent has continued to progress. And uh, I believe in Travis and I've handed Travis some checks and he's a, he's a guy that I think wins his share and then some. Then you got Bucks. Um, you know, I don't know that there is a more versatile guy in the pits when it comes to a foot brake race uh, you know he'll show up in a car that goes 920s in the quarter or 590s in the eighth and um he's deep staging it and, you know they're saying oh you can't deep stage you go red but he he's got it well if you told him right now bob he's hitting not a let... spot that does not exist but yeah, he's done I mean, low every freaking time or whatever yeah if they said, Bob, you can't deep stage anymore, they've, they've outlawed it. You give him about two runs, and he's figured out the rest of it, and he'll shallow <laughs> stage it. Or he's getting out of that 920 car and getting in something that goes 1230s, and he's just as hard to beat. So his versatility for me, his career accomplishments, which aren't the key factor, as we said earlier, but if you line him up today with anybody in the game, he's got a good shot at beating them. And all that combined just makes me have to pick Bob. This is kind of scary. We have been in agreement on every matchup so far. There's been no pushes. Okay. And this was not rehearsed, people. I can't stress that enough. No, like, I was I just have... telling Jed how much I've unplugged from this and not thought about it for two weeks. So this is all like I'm completely off the cuff. And yeah. Jed told me he spent, what, five minutes preparing this? So, <laughs> and... <laughs> yeah, we're, this is pretty raw. Um, the, that brings us to the 90 matchup. Now, that we're 2-1 New Jersey with a slight edge here. Um, the 90 competitor from Louisiana, Steve Collier, he of the 170 mile an hour Vega, uh, <laughs> and, and also a very accomplished super comp competitor as well. Um, we've got him matched up with Tom Stalba from New Jersey, uh, another guy that's won a multitude of races in, in both of those categories. Um, what, what, are you, what are your thoughts here? Well, obviously the 90 category is not my expertise. Um, I, don't, I don't get to see these guys go down the racetrack and 90 trim a lot. Uh, but I, I am somewhat up on results, and uh, I know 
Steve Collier's record. I mean, the guy's super talented. And again, just like you say, he's doing it. He's doing it in a little different kind of whip. Um, but man, Staba, just when he gets to go, dude just wins. I mean, just just gets it done. It's usually it is not a lot of luck involved. I mean, he's making good runs. So you know, you line them up right now. I I got to go with Staba. This is one, if you asked me this raw every day for a week, I would probably give one answer four times and the other three times. Like, this is uh, really, I don't even know if close is the right word. Like, it's hard to quantify because their their skill sets and their approaches are so different. Um, like, Stalba, at least in recent years, has been the guy that just, like, I'm holding a bunch, and you know I'm holding a bunch, and I know I'm holding a bunch, and come beat me. <laughs> right and obviously does really really well with it and i think to some extent like that approach gets in people's heads um collier in his 90 program is almost the polar opposite like i've bracket raced with steve and he could drive the finish line as as well as anybody but where he's put the emphasis in his 90 program is he works really closely with the guys at crew chief pro he works really closely with the guys at apd and he has unbelievable equipment and prediction like ability like I'd put him up against Tommy Phillips or, or anybody. Like, he goes 90 on the rug more than anybody. Um, and just makes silly good runs and brings that aggressiveness that you need big dollar bracket racing, brings that to the superclasses, and not, not a lot of people do that. Um, I don't... I, this one, like I say, is unreal for me. Um, I, give me Collier. I, I'm going Collier. Um, we'll we'll push that one. So, okay. Sorry, Stalba. <laughs> well, I think you justified it well. Um, all right, so that that one's a push. No point for either team. So we've still got New Jersey with a slight edge up uh, up two to one. Uh, stock Superstock, another just barn. No, I, I I had uh, I had. Okay, so we pushed yeah, that. Okay, I got you. I got you. There you go. Um, stock Superstock, <laughs> just a, 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 a barn burner. I mean, I, Did you just give me a little shut up juice. I mean, was that just a little shut up juice? I mean, I yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Let me handle this. <laughs> like he called me down. Come on now. All right. Work, my, work my, with me. My bad. Uh, all right. Cooter and Fetch, uh, go. Oh, I really. <laughs> in the, the little bit of time I spent on this, that was that was most of it. Um, I really don't want to pick this because uh, I can't get it right, but I also can't get it wrong. Uh, Cooter, I've said many times over. Um, raced against him and got he has got it all got all the tricks he knows exactly what's going on on the racetrack and his results show that very talented especially within the category that that he's in fetch to me is a guy that just sees it all he, he sees everything that's happening on the racetrack he knows exactly what you did he knows exactly what he's got to do he can hold 10, he can hold one, he can do nothing. I mean, the guy's just, to me, has all the tools, and I just can't pick against him. Much as I love Cooter, I just can't pick against Fetch. I'm going with Fetch. Okay, I'm, like you, super on the fence here, and I don't think I can add much more to your breakdown, but just because I'm so torn and you're so torn, I'm going to take Cooter here just so we push this because I don't know how you pick one. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Right, so I appreciate we'll you letting one. me go first. Yeah, no problem. I, I put the put the onus on you there. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so we're now after after being in agreement on the first three matchups, um, we kind of butted heads on the last two and pushed both of those. So it's still uh, New Jersey two, Louisiana one. Um, coming to the utility driver, Slate Cummings for Louisiana, Denny McCloskey for New Jersey, and I uh, I feel like we kind of had this conversation two weeks ago, and yeah. I'm not trying to. Um, to belittle or knock Denny at all like he is an extremely talented young racer but I just haven't seen him showcase the versatility that Slate has and we're talking about a utility driver here like I'm not talking about him bottom ball versus bottom ball because there I think you can make a really strong argument for Denny um, I watched Slate win a 50 grander off the top in a dragster um, I don't know back years ago in IHRA I watched Slate kind of dominate in the 890 category um stock super stock like he's just he's older but he's done so much more stuff and he's so much in at least it in my mind like he's so comfortable in whatever he gets in i just i can't bet against him here like i, I gotta take slate in that matchup yeah and again as you've said i don't think i can add a whole lot to that there, there's no uh denying how much i love denny mack and what he's capable of doing on the racetrack but it's not really about that slate slate can go to the shop right now and get a car that fits in every category and he's familiar with them he races them on a weekly basis i mean you know the guys he is truly the epitome of utility when it comes to what he is what he's got at his disposal so um i I have to go with slate here Right, so that ties things up. Louisiana 2, New Jersey 2, and in probably the most anticlimactic overtime ever, our tiebreaker is the utility driver, and we're in agreement there. So we've taken Slade yep. over, over Denny, and we're going to advance Louisiana to the final, which uh, coming into this, like I remember commenting on Cody's team and going, ooh, that's a strong team. But I don't think many of us, myself included, would have come into this and said, you know, Louisiana's awesome. Like, Louisiana's going to be in the final. Like, I think, I don't want to call this a Cinderella story because that's an awesome team, but I don't think many people would have predicted that. What do you think? No, I don't. And when I looked at New Jersey initially, my immediate thoughts were that team can't be beat. It's just, it's I thought that with like 16 teams. I thought that about (laughs) Virginia and we knocked them out first round. So it's it's <laughs> well, unbelievably we're, tough what we what we're trying to do here. Yeah, we're right. Those teams are hard to beat. But, uh, you know, I, that is a little bit of a surprise to me about Louisiana, but um, that utility driver is just showing how important that that person is on your team, and you know, with the way that you're doing the tiebreaker, which makes the most sense. By the way, it's um, it's really good to have a a good utility man in your camp. Not to say DMAC isn't, but I just don't know. I don't know if Slate can lose that battle. Way to slide that responsibility over to me that was pretty nonchalant. You know, the way you did that, the way that you set that up is the tiebreaker. Mm. Oops. Yeah. My bad. Okay. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> your Alabama team, now that we'll, we'll just switch whatever pressure might have been on my shoulders, we'll just put it squarely on yours. Go ahead and introduce your uh, your Alabama Slammers there, Jed, for the, for the final four semifinal round, national semifinal. Well, the Slammers was uh, was brought to us by yours truly, uh, Big Jed, and I put Timmy Smith in the dragster. I put Bones, Todd Ewing in the door car, Adam Davis in the bottom bulb. Super category was Bad Brad Plourd. Stock super stock was Jeff Strickland, and my utility racer is Hugh Meeks. 
your uh, your Alabama team has a tough tough test here in the semifinal round, which they have really the first two rounds. I, I know we got a lot of flack for advancing them past Tennessee last round, um, but uh, but here in the semis they take on Ohio, and it's Ohio team brought to us by Randy Biddle Jr. Um, drags to representative Randy Shewer, Dorcar, Kenny Underwood, Bottom Bulb, Nick Hastings, Nasty Nick. 90 driver, recent uh, NHRA and IHRA world champion, Jacob Elrod. Stock super stock ace, multi-time IHRA world champion, Michael Beard. And the utility driver, Mr. Biddle himself, Randy Biddle Jr. Um, I, we spent a lot of time on these two teams, so I don't want to uh, completely rehash just how good a squad both of these are. Um, I say we'll just get right into it. Um, dragster, dragster. Ohio's Randy Shewer. Alabama's Timmy Smith. Well, I think we've said it uh, at nauseum, but, you know, Shewer's a guy that might not be as well known on a national scale or a big buck bracket racing scale, but uh, he gets out some and he gets really good results when he does. But my man Timmy is just kind of hot right now. Um, yes, he's from Alabama, and I apologize to everybody that's not rooting for Alabama here. He's but not, I, sorry. I am... Uh, I'm going with the Roanoke Mafia here in uh, in Timmy Tutos. This is a really close one for me because in a lot of ways to me like these two guys are similar. Like they are both um what would you call it? black and decker tree wreckers. Like they let go when the freaking light comes on, right? <laughs> and they both take a lot of pride in their program and having really really good cars. Like those of you that don't know that Randy's the guy that builds carburetors at APD. The carburetors are awesome. Um like that's what Randy's testing every week. Like he's got it figured out. Um Randy runs more of his events like at Norwalk quarter mile. So if this was a quarter mile race, I'd probably give him the edge, even though I've seen Timmy win on the long track. Um, Timmy's down in eighth mile country. If this was an eighth mile race, I'd probably give Timmy a little bit of an edge, even though I just watched Randy win a 25 grander on the eighth. Actually got a front row view of it. He beat me at like six cars. Um, so <laughs> I don't know how to quantify that. It's just gut, right? Um, obviously your gut's gonna stay with Timmy. My gut's gonna go with Randy. Uh, let's split this one. I'll, I'll take Shewer. Okay. All right. So no uh, no point awarded for the dragster matchup. Yeah, I don't I don't think that one was a bad choice at all. Randy's a talented guy. So on to Todd Bones Ewing and Skinny Kenny Underwood. This is a rather interesting matchup as a bunch of them are. Luke, what do you what's your thoughts on this one? Bones was working me on this this afternoon. I uh, I had to call Ooh. on some on some business and uh, and I kind of. Uh, I caught a uh, I caught a little bit of uh, of uh, grief for uh, mm-hmm. not selecting my my man my, my buddy my my bony buddy uh, <laughs> last week, um, but I uh, as much as, and and again like I feel like I'm gonna pick against somebody two weeks in a row like that's they're awful they're they're not awful like he had he, we had him up against Jason Lynch and now Kenny Underwood like you can't have two much more talented guys. Um, just given seeing as this is strictly door cars and outside of maybe West May, like I don't know of any door car that I've seen turn on more wind lights over the last five years than one that Kenny Underwood was behind the wheel of. Um, give me Underwood. Yeah, obviously Bones is uh, one of my best friends. He's uh, he's a guy that obviously builds my engines and helps me in a lot of other different ways and. You know, I'm close enough to him that I know how great he is. Uh, Bones is very, very talented. 
Um, again, he's a guy you can give the strategy to at any point in the run you want to give it to him, and he can execute it and, and has shown that. But in staying with the thoughts and ideas that we've been presenting, you know, it's about hot right now who might be the hottest, and uh, it is hard to bet against Kenny. I mean, he's done it in a couple of different vehicles this year alone, and um, I'm sure that will continue. So, um this one hurts, Luke. It hurts bad because I, I physically love bones, but I'm going with Kenny. Boy, I'm going to pay for that one. That one's that's going to hurt. Bad. Yeah, that's going oh, to be bad. I might have, well, now I picked against him too. I would say my motor might have slid in front of yours in line, but I doubt it. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you say hot right now. Like Underwood's been hot for 35 years, it seems like. It, it was <laughs> yeah, funny. We had a conversation at Huntsville, and, and he wasn't uh, uh, bitter about it by any means, but he was like, somebody told me that, that they thought they, they acted like you invented bracket racing. And I laughed, and he goes, how old are you? I said, I'm, I'm 35. He goes, that's what I thought. I won Moroso before you had a driver's license. And he just walked off. <laughs> and he had a point. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, Bones Bones told me uh, about a week or so ago, and he said, uh, look, I know that I know how great Kenny is, and I know you probably got to pick Kenny, but I'm going to wear you out when you do. So <laughs> well, I, I get to with Kenny, less. and I'm going to get worn out. You can count on it. <laughs> <laughs> on to uh, our uh, on to our bottom up, please. Let me just get past that one. Oh my God, that hurt. But let me let me just go to uh, to our bottom up category with uh, a couple of absolute Hall of Famers: Adam Davis from Alabama and Nasty Nick Hastings from Ohio. Who you got, Luke? Yeah, these are two guys I think a lot of, and um, I'm probably going to sound like you here, and that I'm I'm probably biased. I've just watched the 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 best of adam davis um the the talk the talk walk the walk adam davis um and and he's one of those guys that if he tells you that he's that he's about to to just beat you like a drum look out because he tends to believe whatever he tells himself and and he's just one of those guys that does the, the 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 more confident or cockier however you want to put it that he gets like the more impressive that he gets he's when he gets in that mindset, I don't know that there's anybody that I would pick against him. So as much as I think of Nick, um, head to head, give me Adam here. Yeah, I think I feel a lot of the same things you're feeling. Uh, Nasty Nick to me is a guy that, that I would uh, stand on the fence and, and bet for or bet with against anybody. I mean, the guy is just unbelievably talented. Uh, he he'll do it in a, a car that goes 750s or he'll do it in his mustang going 590s or whatever you got to drive at the time you get in it but for me adam just is a guy that has something we've talked about earlier in this this whole all-state challenge the confidence that not many racers on earth have uh, adam just he truly believes he's about to win he's got a plan and I watched a guy tell him in Montgomery one time that, um, Adam, I'm fixing to be 11 package on you. And he said, you know, it ain't going to work out good for you. You have to be 10 package or better. And Adam said, well, <laughs> if you're not going to be better than 10 package, it's foot breaking now. You're not going to win. And I'm like, Adam, you can't, I mean, you can't say that. Not go out there and go 23 on him. Uh, the guy was 11 package, I believe. I think he was 10 dead one, and he was close, but he did not win. And Adam, Adam made sure he knew that that he didn't win. So, uh, just a guy with tons of confidence, tons of talent, and I, I have a hard time picking against him. So I'm not going with AD. 
I have some fantastic Adam Davis stories, um, 95% of which are probably not fit for this podcast, but no, I can, I can definitely, that, that, that interaction does not surprise me a bit. So that's him in a nutshell. That's vintage AD, no doubt. Um, Super classes. Um, okay, so we, we advanced Adam there. That gave your Alabama team one point, and we are tied up one-to-one halfway through this matchup. Um, the super classes, your uh, Alabama Slammers, Brad Plord, versus uh, the Ohio entrant, Jacob Elrod. Which way are you going here? Yeah, bad Brad, another very good friend of mine. I didn't just go picking friends for y'all get on me too bad. I, you know, these guys are very talented. I'm fortunate to, to know some really talented guys that make their home here in our state. Bad Brad is a guy that, you know, he's as good a utility racer as he is anything. But, you know, this is the 90 category. Um, and just, man, Elrod is super hot. Uh, just I got to go with what I've been saying all along, and I got to go with Elrod. Just not do anything more than just right now. He just has it together in the 90 category and seems really hard to beat. Have you noticed that when you break these down, you always start off by complimenting the guy that you're not picking? <laughs> I have not. Like so I, I, I think you're kind of uh, uh, telegraphing what's coming. I, I'm starting to. I'm starting to catch on a routine, oh, no. here. and I understand. Like you, you just you want to soothe this over. You know what I mean? It's uh, that's exactly it. Yeah, you got it. You're nailing it. Um, I appreciate you giving that up. Maybe the average listener wasn't catching on. <laughs> no up. chance of that now, is it? <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go against the grain here, and that's. It's kind of crazy to think about because the last two years, Jacob Elrod has won an NHRA World Championship and an IHRA World Championship. And um, But Brad is obviously no slouch. Um, and, and like you said, probably is a better pick in a, um, in a utility role than anything just because he can kind of do it all. Um, but, man, it's just one race tomorrow. Uh, and I know, like, recent accomplishments would tell you to bet the other way. This is just completely gut. Um, give me Plord. I'll, I'll actually even that out and, and push one there. Um, so no point awarded there. We are four classes through, um, one Alabama winner, one Ohio winner, two pushes. We've still got them even going into our stock super stock matchup, which is like just about every matchup. A uh, Man, what a clash of the Titans. Jeff Strickland and Michael Beard. Strickland for Alabama beard for ohio uh and beard is actually he is a native ohioan correct he, he spent some time in north carolina but he was he came up in ohio is that correct you know i want to say that he grew up in pennsylvania you know i think i was thinking that might because i remember him racing at uh, uh beaver springs beaver springs right okay yeah. maybe he is a pa guy um so another transplant he's got they got a little bit of that tennessee thing going up there in ohio <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, he, he's he's a guy that has shown out in the category. I mean, stock, super stock. He's done it in many different. Oh, here I go again. I gave it up. What does he talk gonna, about? Why Strick should win? I was even going to fix it on this pair, but uh, <laughs> nonetheless, Beard, amazing talent. Uh, a guy I think's done a lot with with a little at times, but Strick, awful world championship. Um, you know bottom bulber from way back for those that that don't know him that well he's he's been a very competitive bottom bulber all his life and uh with as hot as he is right now i, I had to i had to pick him so i'm going with strict i just did it again sorry 
Yeah, I, let me give my best jet impression here. Man, Michael Beard is awesome. He's a great racer. I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, man. I, I got to pick Strick. It's a, it's a tough matchup of two world-class drivers right now, the way that he's rolling, and, and just his versatility and talent and whatever he gets behind the wheel of. Uh, I'm with you. I, I'm going to go with Strick there, give the point to Alabama, and that's going to bring up the utility matchup as we come into it. Alabama up 2-1. to one. Okay, so this one will obviously decide it uh, no matter what. Whoever wins this will will obviously be our tiebreaker too. So um, got Hugh Meeks from Alabama and Randy Biddle Jr. from Ohio. Go ahead, Luke. <laughs> uh, another, another tough one. Um, I'm probably more familiar with Hugh and his accomplishments, as we discussed before, uh, former Superstock World Champion, and kind of, I don't know, maybe this is because I'm not um, racing in Ohio, um, I kind of view uh, Randy kind of like we did with Klosky in, in New Jersey, um, as an unbelievable talent on the bottom, and I know he's more versatile than that, I know he can do a little bit of everything, um, but I haven't seen him perform on the other stages, on the other stages, I guess, quite like I have Hugh. Hugh is Superstock World Champion. I've seen him win foot brake races. I've seen him win huge money top ball races. I, I think I was at a hundred grander that he won. It was him and Ken Sullivan in the final years ago. Uh, I don't even remember who won, but at, at Montgomery. And Hugh's the type of guy that like races what half a dozen times a year and just shows up and is in the mix all the time. Um, so sticking with that utility theme that you've got to hop in anything at the racetrack and win, like I'm more confident in Hugh doing that than uh, than Randy. Or really, there's there's not too many people that I would pick over Hugh. Um, so give me uh, Hugh Meeks uh, as the advantage for the utility driver. So that so no matter what, even if I pick Biddle, it would be a push here. And Alabama would win two to one. Is so that right? you're gonna pick Biddle to uh, to, a few, to appease some of that Ohio crowd and make yourself ah, look like the good guy. Screw is that. that. The way this is going. Screw that. Slammers all the way. I'm taking Julio. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have much bones in me, but I was about to get on you like he does. <laughs> Honestly, I looked at you know those guys within each category. Uh, I got some flack last week from guys saying I was loving on Biddle too much. I, I think the guy's awesome. He's great. Uh, I think he can drive any of this stuff, but when I look at Hugh and what he has driven and what he's accomplished and all the categories, you know, I just feel like he's probably a little more prepared to go out and get in those cars and, and win. So I'm going with Hugh. Yeah, no, I'm with you. The, the, the respect for, for Biddle, I haven't raced with him a whole lot, but I went to a race in uh, like Mount Vernon, Ohio one time. It's a, a race that uh, Ricky Bear and Jeff Stewart had put on. And Biddle, like, I don't think that he won every day. Like, I think he was in a final, was deep every day. But that kid put on a freaking show to the point I told him, I said, I have never seen anybody hit the tree like that. Like him and him and Rick Bear, who we talked about last week, and they're yeah. from that same uh, area. Like, he was unbelievable. Like, I'm going to say, like, he staged 20 times and was 0018 of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm not trying to take anything <laughs> away from that kid. Like, he, he or kid, he's man. Um but again, we we got to somebody's got to lose. It's the nature of the the elimination here, and, and I'm with you. We're gonna advance Hugh, so that's gonna send your Alabama Slammers to 
the final round opposite Louisiana. Um, it's probably a little bit of our own bias showing through that we've got two kind of southeast teams moving on because um, that's where both of us have spent most of our time racing. But I don't think that takes anything away from these two rosters. Um, these are two incredibly deep and talent-laden teams. Yeah, and you know, as I've looked at people turning in who they think would win, it's it's been a consistent theme that you pick the guys from your state and or your region if you're not in a state that's competing. So I don't think we're any different than anybody. You and I have a platform where we're we're a little more transparent than everybody else, and we we probably again have a view of these guys that everybody doesn't have. So you know, we need to make sure that that we're as fair as we can be, but. Again, that's a team I turned in, and I believe in those guys against just about anybody. So I apologize again for moving the slammers on, but they bad news. No, and that's one like we talked about earlier. I talked about how I feel like um, Louisiana's a bit of a – I don't know. Upset's probably not the right word, but a team that you – looking at the initial rosters or looking at just thinking of states that are the toughest race in like that's not one that jumps out to me alabama is um yeah and i don't think that's just because i spent several years of my life there like that's a region that a lot of really incredible racers come out of and it's a hotbed for this type of race for at least for big dollar bracket racing like we talked about george howard earlier that's george's home state that's where the the today's level of big dollar races really got started so i don't think it's any surprise that we see the alabama team in there as much as i like to give you down the road for it being your team (laughs) (laughs) and the louisiana guys it's it's hard to travel to the better races from where most of these guys are coming from and in south louisiana real hard it's you know the the roads and the the distance everything it's it's hard for those guys to get but the list has done that with a lot of success so a lot uh, of swampland a lot of bridges between uh, new orleans baton rouge and just about anywhere so yeah big bridges (laughs) do they even call them bridges after they get over 10 12 miles long or (laughs) yeah that last bridge going to bell rose the way that you come and the way that i come that one will get your attention yes it will All right, Jed, here we are, final round, uh, like four weeks in the making, and uh, a lot of uh, Twitter and Facebook angst uh, has gone into this. We're here. Oh, yeah. This is the uh, the national championship, and I think between Alabama and uh, Louisiana, we have discussed these teams um, till we're out of breath. I don't think there's much more introduction we can give. Would you say we just get right into this final round matchup? works best for me too because i don't have to i don't have to start softening up the person i don't choose i can just tell you this is who i'm going with <laughs> all right i don't think there's any need to reintroduce the teams we just talked about it we'll go right into it um the dragster matchup here in the national final uh this is like indy man on monday um we've got yeah, yeah. Uh, alabama's timmy smith taking on louisiana's johnny Ezel. yep Johnny's hot. Timmy's hot. Um, I'm Homer. I'm going with Timmy. Wow. That is the Alabama coming out in you. I, I, yeah. No, I'm a big, and this is another one, like I think I've gone against Timmy every step of the way, which is awful because Timmy's awesome. Um, I, I can't I can't go against Ezo. It's uh, just done too much lately. 
Uh, I think I've picked him every step of the way, but that's why. Uh, we'll push that one. I'll, I'll go Louisiana to your uh, Alabama. No point awarded here uh, in the final round. All right. And door car, we got Todd Bones Ewing from Alabama versus Travis Barnett of Louisiana. Oh, I'm going to jump in front of you here. I'm going to move up the list. I'm, my motor, my, even if it's for five seconds, my, my motor will be in front of yours. I will take Bones here. Um, I guess I'll give the the um, the necessary Jed treatment. Travis Barnett's awesome. I think I've I've picked him most of the way. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Um, one race tomorrow, Bones in that Vega. Um, just watched him run her up a 50 grander. Uh, he can get it done in anything, but he seems to really have it rolling with that car right now. Uh, give me Todd Ewing. Yep. No doubt about it. I, I echo what you're saying there. We know Travis is great. We've said it many times throughout this, but Bones, to me, gets this one done. That Vega and he are nasty together. I'm still behind you on the motor. <laughs> yeah, I just slid right in front of you. That's <laughs> pretty slick. All right. <laughs> bottom, so that's Alabama 1, Louisiana 0. Adam Davis on the bottom for Alabama. Travis Lipscomb on the bottom for Louisiana. Yeah, again. Love Travis to death, but Adam's the choice here for me. No, no, no sense in me discussing it any further. I've said all I can say about Adam and and Travis. So Adam gets the nod. Yeah, I'm with you. I can't pick against AD. Um, so that's gonna put Alabama up two nothing. This is shaping up like this might. Obviously, these are our two best teams. Um, this is shaping up like it might not be a good matchup for uh, for Louisiana. Like I see this a lot in college basketball. Styles make the game. That's true. Uh, the, the, these these two teams might not match up too well for the Cajun guys. It's looking that way uh, going right now. Of course, the back end of this uh, Louisiana roster is pretty strong, so maybe I should uh, maybe I should just keep going with this before I jump to any conclusions. Uh, <laughs> um, super class, Brad Plord for Alabama, Steve Collier for Louisiana. Yeah, again, said about all we can say about both of these guys, and I've actually picked picked against Brad the last two rounds. You'd think that I don't have any confidence in him, but this particular matchup I like for him, um, so I'm picking Plourd. Yeah, I sung the praises of Collier last round, um, and again, this if they race ten times, it's probably five and five. Um, just a gut here, like Brad is just so talented and seems to make the right decision even when it's not the obvious decision if that makes any sense um yep i um yeah I, i'm with you i think i'm gonna go forward there so whew, this is this is starting to get ugly we're alabama three louisiana zero um can we get a win for louisiana here just to uh, a, a round win just to save face a little bit <laughs> well, obviously, Strick coming off of a, a world championship in stock, it, it'd be just about impossible for me to pick against him no matter who he's racing. But um, I don't know. I mean, Cooter just – Cooter's doing it for me in this matchup, honestly. I, I just – I think if I'm just as unbiased as I can be, just put them out there together as hot as Strick is, you wouldn't think I'd pick against him. But – Cooter to me would be good in this matchup, and I'm going to go with him. Oh, I didn't see that coming. I figured you would be all on board with Strick. Um, again, at this point, I don't guess that it matters. Um, that's a tough call, man. There's two really, really talented guys. I think Strick is obviously more versatile, but we're not talking about the utility department. If these guys are just squaring off in stock, super stock, um, 
Like I have a ton of faith in both of them, but I, I think I, I think I'm with you, and not just because I want to even the score up a little bit. Um, like this one to me is a coin flip, uh, but just gut if it was head to head, bottom bulb stock super stock competition, I, I'll go with Cooter as well. So we'll give Louisiana a point there, and then I think at least in my mind they would get another one back in the utility matchup as much as I think a Hugh Meeks. It's Hugh versus Slate. Um, Slate, like we talked about before, like he has just done so much and so many different varieties of cars, specifically in the last, I don't know, three or four years, but really for the last decade and a half. Um, as good as I think he is and as much as I know that he would hold his own if we did this in six different cars and made six runs side by side, uh, I'm pretty confident that they'd split. Uh, I know I say that a lot, but just based on that confidence and reputation and what what have you done for me lately, uh, I'd have to go with Slate here. Yeah, you know, again, uh, I picked you as a utility driver, so obviously I believe in him. I think he's capable of getting any of those cars. But, you know, I just talked about it in the last round, how Slate can go to the shop right now and get in one of his cars that fits in every category and something he drives regular. I just, I think that gives him a little bit of a nod right here. And in all honesty, uh, much as it hurts, I got to pick Slate, and I know what that means overall, but it's very painful. All right, so we had a push on the dragster side. After that, we had three straight wins for Alabama, followed that up with two wins for for uh, Louisiana. So your all-state, all-nation, all-world national champion, your Alabama Slammers. How's it feel, Jed? <laughs> well, it, it feels not as good as I want it to feel. Um <laughs> Because, you know, I, I had to pick against some of my boys, too. But uh, at the same time, again, a team I put together, I truly believe in them. I think this team is very experienced. Um, they don't see anything they haven't seen on the racetrack. Uh, they're uh, highly accomplished. And, you know, much as it's going to get me beat up on, bring it on. Because I believe in them. Slam us. Love them. Yeah, I, as much as you can scream bias all you want, because obviously uh, Jed is a homer, and uh, and 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 I admittedly spent a a fair amount of my adult life uh, racing with these guys in Alabama too. So say what you want about that, but I don't think you can argue that this is a very deserving roster. Um, and and it's Alabama is a really tough place to race. So uh, at least to me, certainly no shock that uh, that's the team that we selected. Uh, as the national champion but again if we did this again tomorrow and maybe shuffled up the matchups a little bit um uh, who's to say exactly how that turns out you know what i mean i think the cream probably oh, yeah. rises to the top in the end but uh but there was 16 really good teams and, and kudos not only to alabama and louisiana but certainly to everybody that made the final four uh that new jersey team that ohio team um I, i'm going with a little bit of your tact here and making sure that i try to appease everybody but those are <laughs> without question every every state involved there and every racer listed is uh, incredible and just uh Having had having burdened ourselves with the task of picking between them was very difficult, fun, but extremely difficult because they're all awesome. Yeah, got a ton of respect for everybody on those lists, and um, I know probably ninety percent of them. So, sorry guys, hated to be a homer here, but um, it ain't like I said, y'all suck. I mean, everybody we talked about is great racers, including the the ones from my team, and congratulations. To the Slammers, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's not the only national championship that comes back to the state of Alabama 
here in the next several days, but uh, happy with uh, the way it turned out. All right, guys, you uh, you heard it earlier, but on behalf of myself and this is BracketRacing.com, I'd like to urge all of you to join the off-season practice tree challenge page on Facebook. Within that challenge, I will detail my own practice habits and urge you to participate with me posting your results for the group. It's a great way to stay sharp this off-season, and it's completely free thanks to This Is Bracket Racing. To join, simply search off-season practice tree challenge on Facebook. And that wraps up episode seven and closes our three-episode All-State series, which has been uh, a lot of fun. Congratulations to Alabama, the, the team that I put together. I'm proud of you guys. Love you, and also each of the states that uh, that you know had competitors that made up the the final four and those other lists. You know, New Jersey, uh, Ohio, and Louisiana, all tremendous teams. So congratulations, all you guys, and thanks to our sponsors. You know, these are the folks that bring our podcast to you every week, racing RVs. And this is Bracket Racing and Alliance Racewear. Absolutely. As you guys know, we uh, we are releasing a new podcast every mm-hmm. week, plan to do so every week of the calendar year, so stay tuned for plenty more going forward. To get the latest episodes uh, before your friends, be sure to subscribe to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast wherever it is that you find your favorite podcast. We're on mm-hmm. iTunes, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play. When you subscribe, as soon as we release a new show, which is typically on Wednesday morning or Wednesday before lunch, that show will go straight to your phone, um, so you can download it and listen to it uh, uh, whenever you'll get a notification letting you know that it's there if you so desire you can listen to it before anyone else basically yeah and while you're listening if you like what you hear make sure you rate and review the podcast folks uh, that's how we move up in the rankings so more people can find us which is important so um, you know if you don't like what you hear let us know how we can deliver a better show Absolutely. And finally, be sure to join the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast fan page on Facebook to interact with us and become part of the conversation this week and every week. And folks, thanks for listening. We hope you had a safe and happy New Year's celebration ringing in 2017. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. This way alive. Banging on the door. Bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. 
You can dream of that feeling all you want. Or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.